Hello, and welcome to the first installment of Spotlight on Armenia, with your hosts, Jarvis Mitchell and Dalton Gatto. No relation to Mike Gatto. Let's welcome our listeners to our very first in a series. You want to explain the series we're going to be doing here? Uh, we're going to do a, uh, an ongoing... This is the first in an... In what is, sorry, I'm going to just start this over. Yeah, sure, go ahead. This is... <laughs> the, this is the first in what will become an ongoing series of podcast specials dedicated to the history and culture of the Armenian people and uh, the land of Armenia as a whole. And uh, we're aiming for some educational, informative, and also entertaining and thought-provoking programming uh, as, an, as an alternative to our regular podcast. Just in addition uh, to it, because we've actually, you know, I think we've been really on a roll with podcasts lately, but it's nice. Oh, we absolutely have, but... Uh, you know, there's also there's a lot more of Mike Otto is a sweet dude than a bunch of dick jokes and horse boner jokes and, and for jokes me personally, you want to get fucked in. The, lately, Mike Gatto has been was getting shit from Mayor Sam with the same fucking tired accusations of being anti-Armenian. So I just kind of thought maybe it'd also be a good opportunity to highlight how Mike Gatto's outreach to the Armenian community has influenced people outside of that community not just yeah. people, not just armenians and like you and i have much deeper awareness of armenia now than we ever did before and it's not far like greater yeah we, it, it just happened to be because of, of mike gatto and his big dick that we ended up learning all about this stuff so but it's been a very enlightening journey discovering more about the proud armenian people and in their country and their culture yeah and it is a fa- it is a fascinating story and uh, we will have occasion to highlight many, many different aspects of their culture and history in great detail. So uh, I guess let's just jump right in and let's start with like sort of a basic overview of the history of Armenia. And then we'll get into what's really probably the most uh, dramatically significant, historically significant chapter in that story, which is the genocide. And then maybe round out the episode with uh, just some interesting facts about Armenia that uh, you and I have compiled in our exhaustive yes. research. So. Okay. Uh, history of Armenia goes back about what 2500 BC that uh, around then yes which at its biggest <coughs> excuse me uh, used to border Egypt Caspian Sea the Black Sea and the Mediterranean so it was a significant portion of land it's not that big anymore obviously but um and we'll get to that but we uh, will it was a pretty significant portion of land along that cradle of civilization area uh, where humanity was born yeah, had a thriving culture in ancient times. Uh, figures prominently in uh, biblical. Uh, there's many biblical references to Armenia and uh, places that have historically been in Armenia, and we'll also get to those. It's also just a fascinating subtopic that, quite honestly, could very easily be the subject of a future future spotlight on Armenia Hour-long special. Hour-long episode of Spotlight on Armenia. So we had talked about the biblical stuff and how we could do a whole hour-long episode on that. Right. Uh, and so then we get to the, what's the most significant chapter in that history, maybe, and that's World War One, uh, with the Armenian Genocide and the great population diaspora uh, thereafter. And then the next chapter would be the Russian uh, occupation. Yes, the Soviet uh, Armenia was a state, a constituent state of the USSR uh, during uh, much of the 20th century. And then um, in 1991, they gained their independence, and they've been they sure did ever since. Was was glorious, but there there are you know there are there are some pitfalls to their current independence. 
relative to their uh, what has historically comprised the nation of Armenia. You can never trust is, those uh, fucking Russians, man. They're always uh, going to try to snake their way back into whatever territories they had. Yes, well, the well, part of the problem historically in Armenia was that, and we will cover this again in, in great and in the fascinating detail with which it, it deserves to be covered, but uh, Armenia was has historically been at one point was being pressed on three sides uh, by the, the expanding Ottoman Empire and the Turks, uh, the Russians uh, on the other side. Yeah, so, and but, but like that conflict that they were feeling militarily was also just like a product of its cultural proximity because Armenia was situated, I think culturally they identify as Europeans. They're Christian and I think they see themselves as a tradition of Eastern European and not Russian culturally. Uh, but they're bordered by Russia. They're also bordered on the south by the Middle East uh, with the Muslim nations, which they've obviously been in conflict with because of their religious disagreements. So, uh, yeah, it's just like it's a fault line for a lot of cultures. And so that just seems yeah. to have lent itself to a lot of conflict. One of the more, one of the more interesting uh, facts I discovered about Armenia in my research, uh, preparatory research for this first in uh, this ongoing series of podcast specials, is that in the 1980s, uh, just to follow up your point in a little detail about uh, how it's a, it's a crossroads of cultures, um, the, linguists, the linguists, linguistic experts in the 1980s discovered that there were, uh, the only way to explain some similarities between the Indo-European and Semitic language families Indo-European, obviously, belonging more to the Western side of the culture and Semitic more to the Middle Eastern side, uh, was to, would be to geographically move the cradle of the entire Indo-European linguistic group into what was Armenia. So linguists in the 1980s can, have concluded that, that the Indo-European linguistic group probably actually historically originated in Armenia, where it uh, interacted with uh, Semitic languages that were spoken in the area and they mutually influenced each other. It was only in the 1980s that uh, linguistics uh, experts came to this conclusion by by studying uh, the Armenian language. That is interesting. I know that language is a favorite topic of yours, and just in general. Yeah, and uh, I believe in Armenian they would spell nutsack, N-T-S-A-C. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, we kind of give the given the historical overview. You want to talk about uh, the genocide briefly, and then we'll get to like... Uh, we'll touch on the genocide. And, uh, I mean, obviously we're going to touch on it. It's a whole episode just about the genocide, uh, but explain uh, that sort of chapter in the Armenian story. Yes. Um, uh, I'll leave you to, to begin. All right, yeah, totally. So, um, World War One, uh, Armenia, because of its proximity, obviously between these different regions, is of great military and strategic uh, desire. So, a lot of these countries were jockeying for it. So, the Russians convinced the uh, Armenians that they should rise up and claim independence from their own nation, and Russia would back them up to drive the Turks and that Ottoman Empire back. Uh, yes. and meanwhile, the French and the British were fighting from Europe, and they were driving them, they were kind of squeezing them from either side, and Armenia was sort of like a buffer through which Russia could fight and push the Ottoman Empire back. Yes, uh, and uh, just, just to give our listeners some context, on the, on the western side, the Ottoman Empire extended to Vienna, which was the place where it was, its, its westward expansion was stopped. 
in what is now Austria. I believe at the time would have been Austria-Hungary. Hmm. So, uh, so that, that is a that is a fairly so you know when they t- when they call it the Ottoman Empire, they mean they really mean empire. It was a, a it was an empire. large. What's that? It, and I was just agreeing with you, man. That was a fucking empire. It was a fucking empire, and the Ottoman. Yeah, let's, okay, well. You know, I don't want to get into too much uh, discussion about the uh, the Ottoman Turks right now. They deserve now. their uh, own episode too. The, by the way, they're on the enemies of my Gatto list on the website. Uh, if anybody yes, wants to uh, check deservedly out. so. They've yes. been there for years. Yes. Uh, so, uh, to getting back to uh, the Armenian genocide. Anyway, so the Russians didn't necessarily back up the Armenians to the extent to which the Armenians thought they were going to get backed up. And as the Turks were getting squeezed from other sides, uh, they just started exterminating uh, Armenians. And the number uh, is—I uh, mean, like in any of these things—is never known oh, specifically. So there are people that dispute it or whatever, but it's between—it's about a million to a million and a half. Oh, excuse me, Jarvis. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but I, I do have some facts uh, right at hand, which I think uh, could provide our listeners with additional context. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Love context. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, so so what was it? The uh, what was really driving the the Armenian genocide in its initial phases is that the eastwardly expanding Ottoman Empire envisioned uh, a new Turkish nation state to be called Turan that they wanted to establish in what has historically been and still is the Armenian the homeland of the Armenian people. Now this, this Turkish nation state Turan. Was to have been a a of Turkish ethnicity and Turkish religious tradition, um, and it it would be part of a larger empire of cultural uh, homogeneity uh, of uh, Ottoman Turks and the entire Armenian population that was living under Turkish rule uh, was then. Uh, marked for systematic annihilation beginning in 1908 and culminating and, uh, in 1915 and culminating in 1915 when uh, uh, the Armenian uh, well, the large numbers of Armenian just civilians were forced made, made to undertake a forced march into the Syrian desert where they were left to die and uh, subjected to horrible atrocities, as if it's not awful enough to be forced to march through the desert to your death, had to endure additional uh, human rights abuses and atrocities on a mass scale uh, during that uh, horrible journey. And uh, the unfortunate reality is that um, estimates of the number of dead vary from 600,000 to as high as 2 million. Uh, the United Nations officially this this, this is disputed as you know. Now we have to get into the bullshit of this. So we've just discussed the facts of what happened in the Armenian genocide, but like the uh, Jewish genocide in World War Two, they're deniers of this, and they're people who uh, stubbornly refuse to acknowledge that this happened. Basically, that's who Turkey is now: the Turks, those Ottoman yes. Turks. They don't uh, want this... the stain of the responsibility for having committed the first genocide, so they deny it, and they tend to downplay the numbers, and they also put out a lot of propaganda because when I was watching some YouTube videos about Armenia I came across some like fishy and Armenian history videos that tried to downplay the significance of the genocide and I was like what the fuck is this and so I looked up the group which is called Armenian Fact Check yes. total bullshit Turkish organization much like the Turkish Peace and Justice okay, Commission can I, can I do a live fart? yeah totally that'd be so sweet 
a very serious podcast for a very serious topic and a very serious erudite and scholarly <laughs> series of podcast specials we'll be having. Uh, anyway. Yes, uh, the Armenian Genocide is, just uh, to inform our listeners fully, it is a, it is a point of contention because uh, there, it's it's received limited recognition on an international and ofi- like an officially accepted international scale. Is that correct? Actually, yeah. you know, uh, Dalton, the United States does not even formally acknowledge that genocide, that's, and that's because the, of our NATO alliance. Because we want to maintain a relationship with Turkey, and part of that is letting them continue to live in the denial that they are responsible for the Armenian genocide. Yeah, and uh, this despite the tireless efforts of Mike Otto, who has been a proud and and worthy champion of the cause of the Armenian people to gain official recognition and and, and get whatever due reparations they can totally, for Mike. the horrors they were subjected to. Yeah, he he passed a bill or he got a bill passed that was. Uh what it did is it extended the statute of limitations for survivors of the Armenian genocide to seek reparations against Turks for their crimes. So that was a and big I, deal for those families. Because, uh, actually, L.A. and Detroit are the two most... Uh, the fuck? Sorry, that's the sound of me applauding Mike Otto's uh, initiative on that, though. It's so weird how that ended up playing out over six years, because while he was accused of being so anti-Armenian at the beginning of his campaign... Now, at the end of his three successful terms, he's done more to highlight the plight of the Armenian people. He's done more legislatively to recognize the genocide and the continuing struggle against the Russians and the Turks in that region. Uh, So much so that the president of Armenia himself... The fucking president of Armenia himself. Honored Mike Otto. Singled out Mike Otto and honored him with... The nation's highest honor. It's called, like, I can't pronounce it exactly. It's It's like like the Gosh Medal or something like that. Silver Cross of Armenia or whatever. Yeah, it's something pretty amazing. It's fucking uh, awesome. Anyway, Peter Musurlian never got any of that for all his stupid, dumbass videos. Yeah, for all his stupid, exactly. Stupid bullshit. So now we've we've discussed the history of Armenia from 2500 BC to Peter Musurlian. Uh... Let's go over some interesting little tidbits about interesting little factoids. Okay. I'll, tell, I'll throw these out and I'll see if you knew them and maybe you throw out some little factoids you know if yeah, uh, any come right. to mind and see I if will. I know. Here's an yeah. interesting one. Did you know that chess is taught in public schools? No. That is that is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, here's um, one. 97% no. of the population is Christians and they are the first Christian nation. They're the first Christian nation. That's first very official interesting. Christian nation. Which first official Christian nation. Put them in a lot of conflict with the That's surrounding what, neighbors it, there. Sure, it sure as fuck would, wouldn't it? They also were the home of the first state-built church, and that was in the fourth century. It was called That's like old. That is an old ass church. <laughs> it's a fucking old ass church. It's a fucking old ass church. It smells uh, like Bob's pussy. <laughs> It's called, like, the Holy Eichtemadzen Church. It's really hard to pronounce some of the names. So, obviously, if any of our listeners know the correct pronunciation, email us, let us know. We'll totally get that covered in our next Armenian Spotlight Special. Here's an interesting fact about Armenia that I didn't know until we started researching for this podcast special. What's that? And so the Armenians refer to themselves as as the... High or Haya people, hmm. and they don't they don't refer to Armenia their homeland their historical homeland as Armenia 
but rather it's referred to as Hyastan or Hyazdan. Oh, I didn't know that. And uh, the origins of these words can be traced to the ancient civilization known as the Hittites, uh, who, have, who are the Hittites, who are who are referenced in the Bible. Like, I God, I haven't read the Bible, but I've heard, so of the, I've heard of the Hittites, and Jesus Christ, they're in the Bible over and over and over again, and fuck. The Bible's so, stupid. So when the, I mean, the Bible's stupid, but when the Bible talks about the Hittites, they're talking about the Armenians, and that's that's... I personally found that to be a fascinating and noteworthy uh, bit of information. Oh, yeah, also that uh, Noah's Ark came to rest. Yeah, so uh, uh, this is my next I was going to highlight. The, uh, possibly one of the, be- one of the best known historical, in- one of the best known sites in what historically was Armenia is uh, Mount Ararat. And Jarvis, do you know what Mount Ararat? Yeah, it's, a, it's the national symbol. It's a mountain that used to be within Armenia's borders, but as the wars uh, have uh, encroached upon what was known as Armenia before, uh, Armenia. But do you know what? But can you name what Mount Ararat is renowned for throughout the Western world? What's that? Uh, it is the fabled final resting place of Noah's Ark, oh, uh, yeah, right, yeah, which has allegedly been photographed or seen. There are some who claim that there is photographic evidence of the remains of Noah's Ark there, though personally I don't understand how a fucking boat that yeah. sailed around the world during a flood and landed on a mountain several thousand years ago would still be there. But and, uh, yeah, and, uh, but, but personally, but yes, the Armenians uh, consider themselves to be the descendants of Noah because Noah would have descended that mountain yes, and then it's, it's, it's very it's a that country. Fascinating thing about Armenia: the Mount Ararat is historically in Armenia, although now it's in it lies within. Turkish territory, and that is just a that's bullshit. cultural slap in the face. You see, this Ottoman oppression continues into the present day. Yeah, you're right about uh, that being a slap in the face because that mountain is the cultural symbol it, of it is the, the national symbol of Armenia, and it's not and in it's their in country Turkey, anymore. But uh, agonizingly, remains visible from the capital city of Armenia, which is Yerevan. Hmm. Uh, you can see Mount Ararat from Yerevan, but it is now no longer part of Armenia. So, and did you know that uh, in the uh, shade of that mountain there, in the cool um, pasture valley area under that mountain that is within the Armenian border, that's where they grow a lot of the country's apricots, uh, wow. which are a national symbol as well. The color orange. <laughs> Uh, in the flag is for those apricots. That's really interesting. And I one thought of the national were... musical instruments is a little flute that's made out of apricot. So, I thought you were going to say that what what happened in those gardens was the sweet dudes who have big dicks go down <laughs> there to get their dicks rubbed by sexy Armenian chicks who have big tits and like to fuck. <laughs> that's. That's so sweet. I'll bet when Gatto goes to Armenia, he gets to fuck any chick he wants. I imagine he could have any Armenian chick he wanted. But that's what I thought when Armenia just he's like he just puts out an all points bulletin that my Gatto's coming to Armenia and every chick within the borders of that country is just around the size of Maryland. Its population of three million uh, three million in Armenia itself. So you gotta figure that Uh, out like one point seven million women. They get the word that my God is coming, and they want to fuck and him and I, suck his dick and rub his how dick many, on their tits. Jarvis, how many of that estimated 1.7 million women living in Armenia would do you think are hot and worthy of getting fucked by Mike Gatto? 
Maybe like 25. No, I'm kidding. There's actually a lot of really hot Armenian chicks. We know because we have lived in Glendale and eaten at Dinah's Fried Chicken a whole lot it's, and it's Glendale true. Sizzler. So we have run into plenty of Armenians and seen there oh, yeah. a lot of hot ass Armenians. I bought a used Mercedes one time. I can't uh, compete with Armenian dudes, though. They're all really hot, usually. Oh, fuck. Slick. Yeah, just fucking good-looking dudes. Handsome. Oh, fuck. Well-dressed, oh, look up. You know, Mike Gatto can compete with them because he's Mike Gatto. Yeah, Mike Gatto but, is an honorary Armenian. Oh, I would think by this point, yeah. yeah. As well, may, may, be, may as well be Mike Gatto a Reasonedian. <laughs> oh, sweet. That's a sweet ass name. Uh, anyway, well, did, uh, do you have any other interesting facts? Uh, no, we're going to be covering some. some uh, we're going to be covering some of the aforementioned topics in much greater detail in future episodes of Spotlight on Our Media with Jarvis and Dalton. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. We hope that this has been informative and that uh, over the we'll years, be back. we we'll can be back. continue to learn. We can all continue to learn much more about the proud, yeah, but- diverse fascinating unique history of Armenia and they're wonderful Armenian people and until next time this is Dalton Gatto no relation to Mike Gatto and this is Jarvis Mitchell no relation to Dalton Gatto (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna go fucking take a shit (laughs) that's so sweet I'm gonna jerk off (laughs) dude that rules I'm gonna rub the jizz in my balls (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> fuck.